the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. I'm Gary Herman, and welcome to another episode of Iron Real Estate. And of course, you know, I've always told you this, there's no one that doesn't want to know about real estate. Everybody, every every universe, every, well, I don't know about Mars yet, but I'm sure they do want to know. Okay, every person that I speak to, after a while, I have to get them off my back. Oh, is it a good time to buy? Do you think I can get top dollar? Do you think this? Everyone wants to know about real estate. So, as I always tell you, it's a universal language. You should tune into our show on Saturdays at 10 a.m. live at a.m. 970 um, on radio or the I Heart Rap app, which is you just tune in and get our show. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and I just put in bodyherman.com, um, and you can visit me there also to get my monthly newsletter, which is www.bodyherman.com, and sign up for my newsletter. It's free, and it's very informative. And if there's any questions that you guys have that you don't get on the air, or a lot of you do text me or email me, then I will do them on the show as soon as I can get to them. This week, I have uh, my co-host for the first hour, who is uh, probably the most knowledgeable person in real estate I know, or one of the most knowledgeable, and a good friend. Uh, he's been on the show many times before, Alfred Renner. Now, Alfred, I could go through five pages of all your accolades, but uh, it'll be too long, okay? So, so rather than have everyone hear all the accolades, let me just tell you, he's a senior, senior managing director of the East Side, um, and he brings season sales, marketing management, technology. He did a lot of our technology. Uh, knows everything about real estate and really comes from what I consider a very close, what I mean close, close family, but they're real estate junkies. And they've lived through real estate. And this is, I'll let him tell you a little about it. They invest in real estate. So anything that you want to know real estate, and they not only invest in the New York area, they go as far as Italy. So, um, Alfred, good morning. Good morning, <laughs> so, Dottie. Yes. And then later on at the 11th, it's, first of all, the show is only an hour and a half today. Uh, we're, you know, one of the games is on at 1130, so it's only going to be 90 minutes. And our second guest for the ele- at 11 o'clock is Karen Nefesana. 
and she is the principal designer and founder of the design firm Destination Eichler and the author of Mid-Century Modern Style. So because everyone has different styles, I try to have someone who's ultra-modern, someone who's mid-century, someone, you know, different types of styles because everyone has different tastes. Um, Apple. Yes. I have the, you know, I just, actually I did Florida, I did television yesterday and they asked me a lot about Florida. Since we're in New York, I'm not going to get into that right now. But um, the NAR reports came out, which are the National Association of Realtors reports, and they are for the country. So this is not just New York, but I'd like to give you an insight of what the country is doing um, as a whole. So this is not individual areas. And then Alfred can talk about New York and the tri-state, how that how that compares. But in the existing home sales group, so that means there were more sales in January. Um, so they grew to like 4 million. Sales declined, though, from last year by 1.7%. Now, you might say, well, what? I mean, that's why people are not buying. Well, there was no inventory, and people got disgusted and kind of took a little hiatus. I would not say that last year was the best year of real estate for anybody. There was no inventory. Interest rates had gotten higher. And people just said, you know what, let me just take a break. But so this year is going to be a better year. It's starting to be better already. Um, the inventory, though, of unsold existing homes, meaning things that still are on the market, actually increased. Now, you might think that's bad, but Alfred, you know, in a market where there's no inventory, even a little more inventory is helpful. Okay, so among the four regions, and the NAR breaks up the country into four regions, Midwest, South, and West, and then the Northeast, and year over year, sales improved in the West and decreased in the Northeast, Midwest, and South. So the only place that uh, they improved were in the West. I'm not sure, unless there's a lot of cowboys that want to be cowboys. Um, the transactions that include single homes, townhouses and condos and co-ops uh, were up, but they slipped a little bit from the year before, which, you know what? You can't go when it's 1%. It's really too little. One big sale can make a big difference. So I would say that if I had to uh, put my pulse on it, that 2024 will be a better year than 2023. What are you thinking, Alfred? Well, we are seeing that 2024 is already stronger um, for the month of January and so far the month of February compared to last year. So for sure, there are more buyers in the market. There's only a, I mean, inventory pretty much is flat, Dottie, um, but people can't wait any longer. So we've had pent up demand and now those people can't wait any longer and they're out buying real estate. And what we're seeing is a shift. In, at least in Manhattan, we're seeing a shift of what buyers are buying and where they're buying. Um, what has been 
very, very popular has been the downtown condominiums. Uh, but the shift now is to the Upper East Side and to the Upper West Side, and we're seeing an increase in co- co-op sales. And that's one of the reasons for go ahead. You say that at a, I mean, even the Upper East Side. I mean, if you go back before the pandemic, the Upper East Side, which was always a steady eddy and a safe bet, but it wasn't booming like the downtown areas before the pandemic. So now you're seeing cool. a shift to the Yes. So a lot of my brokers now have their buyers looking on the Upper East Side because buyers have realized that's the better opportunity in terms of options. There's more inventory so they can choose. They have more to choose from. And people are also reconsidering co-ops now. And the reason for that is those co-ops are much less expensive than a than a, a condominium. I mean, it could be upwards of thirty, forty percent difference in purchase price for the same type of property. Alfred, I have a question for you, and I think our listeners need would want to hear this because, look, I grew up on Long Island, so when I started working in the city, I really didn't know too much about you know because the island and most places really have condos; they don't really have many co-ops. And if they do have co-ops, they're pretty lenient. And, you know, I came to the city, and then I always said, you know, you have to work with a broker who knows the co-op, who knows the board, the the head of the board there, and you know who's going to fit in and who's not and who they're going to reject. And we would tell people how to dress. Um, Would you say that the co-ops are getting a little bit more lenient? And what should a person know? about a co-op if they're coming from outside the city and they're really not knowledgeable about co-ops? Well, you know, Dottie, originally co-ops were formed probably about a uh, hundred years ago. And the idea behind a co-op was very much like a country club. You would, uh, uh, people could control their neighbors, who, who would be their neighbors. And, and that's the way it was back then. That has changed dramatically, and people should feel very comfortable at looking at co-ops as a viable option to purchase real estate in Manhattan. Co-ops have changed dramatically. Where there was no financing permitted, now there's 50% financing permitted. Where it was 50%, now it's up to 75% financing. The co-ops want to know what they need to do to become more flexible to allow a more diverse group of people to have the ability to purchase in co-ops. Okay. And let me say this. Okay. If you're going to look into a co-op and again, if you're not from New York city, there's not many co-ops. You really need to work with a broker who knows the co-ops and you need to really find out because different co-ops, some are stricter, some are not as strict. I had a friend, and I'm sure this can't happen now, but I had a friend who was married to a very wealthy guy, and so they got divorced. She never worked, but he supported her. And when they got divorced, her settlement was uh, she could go for the rest of her life without ever working. So she goes to a co-op, and she gets rejected. So uh, her ex-husband, who they were still in a very friendly relationship, said, okay, well, I'll sign for her. And then they said, oh, no, you know, he's kind of old, forget that. 
Well, to make a long story short, they probably didn't want her, and they wanted her, they didn't want her for a stupid reason. Um, she was an attractive woman, and they didn't really want attractive women there. Now, that's 20 years ago. Co-ops now are not like that. What should someone know if they want to get into a co-op, and what are the pluses and negatives that the general public should know? And again, everyone's different. They're all different. But if you... As you when, when you said that they're cheaper, they are cheaper. And since median rent in Manhattan hit four thousand one hundred and fifty dollars as the price per square foot, which is the highest number ever in our history, I think that if you can afford to swing to buy something, you should go in that direction. So, what would you say somebody should know in making decisions before they look? Well, the, the first thing to understand is that if you're looking at purchasing in Manhattan, it's either a co-op or a condo, and 70% of the, of the buildings of purchase are co-ops, and only 30% are condominiums. That's number one. So there's more co-ops than there are condos. Number two, when you purchase in either a co-op or a condo, there's always an application process. And quite often when someone comes from the suburbs or from living in a house and they start looking in Manhattan, they don't fully understand the application process. And in that application process, you have to tell a little bit about yourselves, um, your financial situation. You have to show in a financial statement. You need letters of recommendation or social references. Um, and it feels invasive. Um, especially to people who are used to buying houses where you don't do any of that. However, the purpose, the primary purpose of this quote-unquote invasive uh, application process is to ensure that you have the financial health to live in the building, to support the apartment, any of the expenses, assessments, et cetera, et cetera. And that's why we don't really see defaults on mortgages or maintenance issues in co-ops nor in condominiums. So you have to get comfortable with that, that co-op process and the application. Um, once you, you start to feel comfortable with that, then you'll realize that everybody that purchases goes through the same process. No one is singled out. It's identical for everybody. That's good. Now, what about Brooklyn? I mean, um, obviously, I'm reading that uh, Brooklyn's inventory for the first for the first time in five months, fell a little bit. But the- Dottie, the, there is there is basically no inventory in in Brooklyn. Um, okay. it, it is so tight because Brooklyn, Brooklyn, like the West Village, is a very desirable area for, for New York City people to live in. And you know, not everyone has the ability to have a home outside the city and a residence in the city. And so, one of the reasons why people like Brooklyn is because number one, it feels slightly more suburban than Manhattan, and two, there aren't any really tall buildings. It's primarily a very low skyline, so there's a, a lot more light uh, coming into the residences, and it feels a little more neighborly to people. It also has attracted for the last. 15 years, a lot of very young people, a lot of, a lot of kids that grew up in Manhattan want, want to and have moved to Brooklyn because they think it's hipper or they just feel it's hipper. Um, and, and go back, it was cheaper at one time. 
It was, but um, there are price points in Brooklyn that are way above areas of Manhattan. Well, that's um, But I was trying to explain to people when you can't find, you know, I remember that when people couldn't afford Manhattan, some of them went to Long Island City and then years ago parts of Brooklyn. And, of course, they developed and they became bigger than life. But, in other words, so you look where things are, you know, when you're looking, if you look at an area that's adjacent to where you want, which sometimes has to be an option, as long as they're building and there's stores opening and you see retail going up, that gives you an indication of the areas that they're putting money into the area and it's growing. Those are things you look at. Because there was a time when, really, I remember Long Island City and Brooklyn were like alternatives to cities just because you couldn't afford it. Now, Brooklyn is just as desirable, if not some, for some people more. So that's good, right. you know. It's a- and, Dottie, that's just like co-ops and condos. At one point, or, or 20, 30 years ago, co-ops were actually more expensive than condos. And if someone couldn't afford a co-op or couldn't pass a board, um, the recommendation was to to look at condos as the alternative to a co-op. And so it's interesting, but the tables have turned because some of the biggest and and most luxurious uh, buildings are now condominiums with the highest price points per square foot, well over co-ops. So you know, we go through this transitional period and, and there's, there's always change and then a new generation brings, brings change in the market. Um, and so one of the biggest things we are seeing is that even though many people have moved downtown, we do see, do see a lot of couples with children coming back to the Upper East Side because they can much more easily find three and four bedroom properties at, a, at an affordable rate. And, of course, the majority of the schools are there, and that's why it's easier to live on the, on the Upper East Side for many people. Um, and we're also seeing a big shift in people purchasing properties that, that need renovation. That's where the biggest opportunity is, a property that needs to be upgraded or renovated. And now that we're well past the pandemic and shortage of supplies, um, we're almost back to a normal rate of, of you know, renovating, re- renovating properties. Right. But for those of you who are not, have never lived in the city or have never done renovations in the city, if uh, you are looking at a property that needs renovation, you really need to look at the prospectus and see what they allow and when they allow it and how many hours a day they allow it. Because it's different than if you have a one-family house and you can kind of do it whatever you want. Until, like, but then, you know, neighbors complain and say, hey, it's 8 o'clock at night and you're still happy. So you want you kind of want to look at, if you're doing renovations, when you can do that, because each building is different. Yes, and, each building is, is very different, Dottie. Yeah. And I want you to know that whether it's New Jersey, whether it's Connecticut, whether it is Queens, Long Island, and Queens, by the way, is off the wall also. They all come off from the city because a lot of people that don't live in the city because it's too expensive to commute. Now, I wanted to ask you about what you think this congestive, you know, the congestive traffic thing is going to, is it definitely happening, which I think it is, 
And when is that supposed to start? And how do you think that will affect the city? I know we're going to be doing commercial album when we come back. I'd like to talk about that. Hi, it's Arthur Idala here for Bay Ridge Honda, run by my family friend Rob Sabah and the Sabah family. It's a family-owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years. I've gotten cars there. My family's gotten cars there. My friends have gotten cars there. You know why? Everyone goes to Bay Ridge Honda because Rob Sabah and his team are the best and most trusted in the business, and they have a lot going on all month long. You pick the deal, the lowest lease or finance options in the tri-state area. President's Day weekend, they're offering $1 down deals. a brand new Honda home for just $1 down. Or you can get a $1 oil change. The choice is yours. Brand new Hondas like the all new Honda Civic, Honda HRV, CRV, the Honda Accord, and the Honda Passport. They have them all ready for you to drive home today. They have low finance rates available. No payments until spring 2024. 90 days with no payments. Best prices around. Top dollar for your trade-in. Visit Bay Ridge Honda, 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. I'd like to introduce you to the premier business in the investigative and security field in the United States today. Brosnan Risk Consultants, founded by my friend Pat Brosnan, decorated retired NYPD detective. You must be diligent in protecting the business you work so hard to grow, family you cherish, and the lifestyle you've achieved. Luckily, there is Brosnan Risk Consultants to keep your business healthy, keep your family safe, and identify the approaching rising tide of danger and loss well before it destroys what you have built. Brosnan Risk Consultants have been protecting clients for over 25 years, operational in 45 states and over 500 cities. Don't settle for second best. Brosnan is the gold standard in investigative and security services. Call now, 800-590-2180, or go online to brosnanrisk.com, B-R-O-S. N-A-N risk.com. Feel like you're trying to push a boulder uphill wearing skates? If you run or manage a local business today, you're challenged like never before. We get it, and we want to help. We're Salem Surround, and when it comes to marketing, consider us your personal move-you-forward company. In a recent study, we found that 53% of local businesses were classified as novices when it came to designing, implementing, and managing their marketing needs. And that's where Salem Surround truly shines. We're a full service marketing agency that'll help you increase your customer base by designing incredibly effective plans to reach your consumers day, night, and everywhere they might be. Let us give you an absolutely free audit of your current marketing and what your competition is doing. Our digital sales and support teams are the best in the industry and deliver customized personal service that's second to none. If you're a local business and ready for the next step, Google Salem Surround New York right now. Our experts are ready to help you take your marketing to the next level. Google Salem Surround New York today. Maintain muscle mass and fuel your body with Invite Health's brand new plant protein powder. Looking to stay lean and strong? This vegan plant protein powder packs a punch with 20 grams of protein per serving. Flax and chia seeds along with pumpkin and rice proteins help energize the body and fuel the muscles. Take an extra 10% off Invite's plant protein by calling 800-673-2345. That's 800-673-2345. Save even more with our new everyday low prices plus the additional 10% off Invite Health's plant protein powder. Visit invitehealth.com. 
to check out our entire product line and call 800-673-2345 for 10% off plant protein powder today. That number again, 800-673-2345 or go to invitehealth.com. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. We're back. We're talking with Alfred Renner, who is the final store of sales and runs most of the east side. Uh, he's probably been in diapers. Uh, Alfred, so we were just talking about the city's doing fine. I mean, we, you know, when you're not inside the city, and I am, am determined to try to find someone who does better PR for New York City, because there is no place in New York City, and I say that. I've been around and gone to many places, and there's just something so special and so diverse, and I think you grow a lot because it's a city that, really accepts everyone, you know, that they don't care who you are, what you are. People mingle and you could have a man, you could have a $22 million property and then you could have two blocks away, something that's like 400000 and everything just kind of works. Um, I think it's diverse, it's great, it's exciting. Um, and I don't think it gets the right PR. However, it's gotten some PR that I'm not sure is good or bad about congestive uh parking and, and, and traveling when you're coming into the city. Are they going to enact that? So that's a good question, Dottie. So the, um, they've started to already install the meters on uh, the various uptown, uptown, downtown, you know, avenues to uh, at around 60th street. So if you're, if the idea is that if you tra- if you're in Manhattan and you're traveling south, once you go from, let you cross from 61st to 60th Street, you're charged. And I believe the day the daily charge might be about $15. Um, so it's an expensive, uh, uh, it's very expensive to, to drive that if you're doing this on a daily basis. But I think the, the goal is, one, obviously to raise money. Um, but number two, I think the encouragement is to... Uh, have more and more people use public transportation. And I'll, I'll tell you something very funny. So I've lived uptown for the last 20-plus years, and I normally take a taxi to work every day in a taxi home. And I, I'm laughing because I looked at my American Express bill, and it was astronomical from just these damn taxis. So now I take the bus. And it is it's fast. Sometimes it's faster than the taxis because the buses have special lanes that you can drive in. <laughs> so I was encouraged now to take the bus to and from the office. And I think the, I, that's the idea is to encourage more and more people to take buses and to have fewer cars in Manhattan, especially in the Midtown area and to allow for more pedestrians to, um, uh, you know, walk the sidewalks. And I think they want to expand some of the sidewalks, especially in the shopping districts on Fifth Avenue. Well, I can tell you that just my opinion, it's my personal opinion, that the traffic in the city after the pandemic got horrendous. Like, I live midtown, and sometimes it can take me 20 minutes just to get to the tunnel. 
So they're trying to cut out traffic so that it's not like, you know, sometimes it can take you probably a half an hour to go downtown, okay? So I think that's a good idea. But how is that supposed to work? Now, if you're coming, if you're driving in from any of the areas like surrounding areas like Queens or anything like that, you're going to pay also, right? Yes. Um, And I believe, and I could be wrong on this, but I believe if you come down the FDR and or the Hudson uh, and then come into the city, that it might be a discounted rate. Um, So the encourage, again, the encouragement is to reduce the, the amount of cars driving south in Manhattan itself. Um, well, I hope, which, because, you know, when they made the, I don't know if it was 10, 15 years ago, 10, when they made that extra line, they made that extra carpool thing on the expressway for people's carpool, thinking that, hey, we'll have less cars if people carpool together. Um, it's hard because that would mean that people have to have the same time that they go in. And I never, I mean, you know, it's better than not having it, but I, I never thought it, it, it I, I don't think it ever went to its full capacity that they expected. Do you expect that's going to be a big help? And when is that supposed to happen? I, you know, I, I've read that it was supposed to be May or June, but they keep trying to push it. Um, there's obviously, there's a lot of opposition to it from many and various groups, um, especially people that travel to, that's their mode of, transportation to get to work every day um, and they feel that perhaps it's a hardship so it could be a hardship on many very and many groups and perhaps the city will make exceptions in some way or reduce the rate um, you know I don't know all the details but it is very controversial and the goal is to reduce the traffic and to raise money in New York City which goes towards I think the subways and the streets uh, and that's what the funds will be used for. Yeah, and basically, uh, I don't know if you'll, you know, I think you're right. It's got a lot of controversy, so I think that it probably will end up a little bit tweaked. Like, I think they'll probably tweak it a bit, you know, so that um, it's less money for people, especially who come into the city every day. But, again, they're trying to push transit, which, after you know, from the pandemic, Transit, you know, became less used because uh, people didn't want to be on a train when we had COVID. So, you know, hopefully it will clear up the city a little bit. But the city's still burning. It's the highest rents in the country. So people wouldn't be, you know, when you say, see, what are prices going for? Prices will only go up as far as people will pay them, Okay. So if people didn't want to pay those rents, they wouldn't buy in the city. And you see there's such a demand, and there's very little vacancy rates. You know, it's hard to get an apartment. There's very little inventory. So the city has a lot of demand. And I think a lot of people that left the city during the pandemic, because we were pretty much closed down in Manhattan, if you recall, you know, it was tough. I mean, they had to be tough. I remember I remember tuning into a the eleven o'clock eleven o'clock every day. I would put on Andrew Cuomo, not Andrew, uh, his brother. 
I would put on, and he would Chris. say, Chris. No, it was Andrew. It was Andrew. Oh, Andrew would come okay. on. Um, yes, this, that, the other thing. So people were very, and they were very strict in Manhattan. I mean, if your mother was on the fifth floor or something and you wanted to go see her, you couldn't. Deliveries couldn't go up. They had to be in the lobby. and You had to keep were very strict. Okay, and they had to be. And so a lot of people during that time left because everything was closed down. We had, we couldn't work. I mean, you know, people couldn't work. But now I see a big exodus back to the city. People that moved out found that, well, it might be nice to move out for a while. They found that, hey, there's nothing like New York City. And I'm seeing a trend of people who are commuting. Because with, with, you know, workplace now where you don't have to come in every day, uh, you can really kind of move a little bit further in the city. Or you can have, for example, if you had a house in the Hamptons, you could stay there a little bit longer if you don't have to be. Like, let's say they make Fridays an optional day to come into work. You can spend longer time at other at a second home or another place. So a lot of people have a pied a terre someplace else, or have a pied a terre in the city. Um, I think that's kind of working out. How do you think that's working out? Well, just going back to the congestion pricing for a moment, I think what's going to wind up happening is for those people who drive into Manhattan every day or three days a week to go to work, many of those people are going to wind up buying an apartment in the city because they're going to do the math and they're going to get tired of having to pay that that $15 daily toll. And they, if they live in Manhattan, they don't need to use their car. So that this is going to have a, a, an effect, a positive effect on more residents in Manhattan and fewer commuters. That's what's going to be the net result of that. So this is actually good. You can look at it as being a very positive action for Manhattan. And you know, Dottie, it's not unusual for many congested cities or towns around the world to have completely eliminated cars from the very central part uh, of the city and make them pedestrian pedestrian only. Um, so what we're doing is, is not anything new and hasn't been done anywhere else in the world. And this is just no. to reduce. We're not eliminating cars. You're right. They do that in London. And I know when I was in Rome, I would see all these people bicycling. And I found out that in Rome, unless you have a residence in Rome, then you have to bicycle in. And you see many bicyclists. We're going to be right back after commercial. We're going to be talking about congested parking and some of the things that are going on in Manhattan at the current moment.
You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The My Pillow 6-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98 for a limited time. You can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code Joe P. That's a 50% savings. Go to MyPillow.com. Call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code Joe P to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students, and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's an incredible experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, email info at plazacollege.edu. Info at plazacollege.edu. That's info at P-L-A-Z-A college.edu. Unity Bank is dedicated to community-oriented banking and offers a full range of services, including business and personal accounts, business loans, and mortgages. Unity has locations throughout New Jersey and in Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania, expanding its footprint to 21 retail locations. Grow your savings with their great CD specials. Visit UnityBank.com to find out more. Unity Bank is also a great place to work. As Unity Bank President and CEO James Hughes says, the people make Unity Bank a great place to work. We give our employees an opportunity to grow. At Unity Bank, there are no excess layers of bureaucracy as found at Goliath-sized banks. All employees have full access to management with encouragement to make decisions and grow their careers. Visit UnityBank.com. That's UnityBank.com for current CD and savings specials. They are FDIC insured, an equal opportunity employer, and an equal housing lender. Unity Bank, growing with you. AM 970, The Answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Are you ready for an adventure of a lifetime? Journey with me, Dr. Sebastian Gorka, and my friend and colleague Mike Gallagher on the Patriots Alaska cruise this summer. An incredible opportunity to engage with other like-minded patriots on an epic seven-day cruise over Fourth of July weekend. Witness the untouched wilderness of Alaska over pristine water, all while celebrating America's past and future. June 29th to July 6th. Call 855-565-5519 or go to PatriotsAlaskaCruise.com. AM 970, The Answer. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. 
Um, we're back with Alfred Retta, and we're talking oh, about real estate. And I just have a question that came in, Alfred, for you. And it says that, you know, I've been looking and looking and looking for the perfect place in Manhattan. I've been looking at listings and hitting 10 open houses a week. Um, I've seen every online. I go to every property and see every inch of it virtually on, on online. What do you think about making a blind offer, which is an offer where you've never seen the property, but you know the area? What is your advice to this person? Do you think that's uh, a Well, in order to make a quote-unquote blind offer, you have to show the level of seriousness of that offer. And if you haven't been to the property, then you're not going to be taken as seriously as someone who has come physically and inspected the property. So in order to boost up uh, yourself, you're going to have to send in or talk to the listing agent, if that's who you're dealing with directly, and send in and display some sort of financial condition to show that you have the ability to purchase the property. That doesn't mean you have to show everything that you have, but you have to show enough to be able to purchase. If you're financing, maybe you have a, 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 pre, a pre-approval from a bank, a letter of recommendation from an attorney, someone that can, can verify your, and you know, authenticate who you are. So you, you've got to have something. And then what's the reason for not visiting the property? Do you live out of state? Um, are you just not able to travel to, to New York or the, the location at this time? So you're going to have to do demonstrate those those line items I just mentioned in order to show the, the seriousness of it. But it, yes, it does happen. It does happen, and um, obviously, I guess the advantage is that you know if you're there's a lot of competition, and you're making a blind offer, you're saying, "Look, I I know the area, I know everything about this area." Uh, I'm willing to make an offer on the house. I'm not sure if I'm the seller. Um, I don't know if I, you know, and again, everyone's different, so there's no rule of thumb. But I think a lot of sellers might say, you know what? It's more likely that a person that never saw the property would end up backing out than somebody who went through the property. So I think a seller might be a little bit hesitant to sell. Not that I haven't seen it done to someone who's never seen the property. But do you really feel that's a good idea? Like if it's, a, you know, an old, especially, well, with a one-family house, I would never do it because you don't know what's wrong with the property. But what about with an apartment? What do you think? Do you think there's pros and cons of it, basically? Well, you know, we've had, we've had people purchase apartments because they know the building. They've lived in the building before, so they're familiar with it. So there's a level of comfort for the buyer, and there's a level of comfort for the seller knowing that they lived there before. Um, if you've never been to the building and you don't know the neighborhood, I would not recommend purchasing the property site on scene because you can look at all the photos that you want to, but you, there's a couple of senses that you're not able to utilize. You can't hear what's going on, and you can't smell what's going on. Um, you know, you don't want to live over a, a, a chicken broiling shop. <laughs> Or where you hear the train. No, I don't really right. think it's a good idea unless it's a great deal 
and you really know the property, or maybe you had somebody that you really trust go see it. Um, I think, and if I were a seller, you know, I would kind of feel a little, you know, I'm not saying never, but I would kind of feel, well, gee, you know, they didn't really see it, so there might be more of a chance that they would change their mind. But it well, is not. What's going, what's going to happen is that the attorney representing the buyer is going to put more contingencies into that contract which gives the buyer an ability to get out of the trend, get out of the deal, um, which then makes it, you know, less, less attractive for the seller. So you may have to wind up offering a higher price to convince the seller to go along with you because you're going to have more contingencies. Now I didn't, in this question, I didn't hear the buyers say that they're working with a broker. And again, I'm going to recommend that anyone who purchases it, especially in Manhattan, work with an experienced broker who's going to represent you and ask the questions on your behalf. Go into a property with a, with a phone and put you on FaceTime live so that you can see and you can hear and you can ask your broker very pointed questions about the property. They could be your eyes and your ears. Good. Okay, so it's sometimes done, but you really have to know what you're doing before I would just do yes. it. And if it was a residential home, um, I certainly wouldn't do it because you really don't know what's wrong with the home. And the building, no. you could kind of get perspective. Before, right. um, and you, you know, I have, we have a few minutes left, Alfred, and I really think you have a whole interesting story. So I'd like you to tell our audience a little about how you got into real estate or how you became such a big real estate family and some of the investments and things that you've done over the years, because you've been doing this forever, not only selling real estate and managing uh, many agents, but you've been an, an active investor, your whole family has. Would you give us a little background on how that all started? Because your whole family are real estate. Um, okay, well, where do I start? So, so my, my parents, when we were kids, my parents um, started buying real estate. And they bought and sold real estate into their 80s. Uh, they bought investment properties. <laughs> and they would go driving around and looking at various condos in New York. Um, and if they saw something that they liked, they, were, uh, they, they purchased and then they, they, they found uh, tenants for it. And so it was an investment property for them. And so they've owned, they've bought and sold many properties and I was exposed to that. Um, we were also very fortunate that we had a summer home. So I was exposed to seeing construction of, of, of houses as a child. And then I, I took real estate law while I was in school, and that qualified me for New York State uh, real estate salesperson's license. And it wasn't too many years after college that I decided to, to start selling real estate. I started in, on Long Island, and I focused on co-ops and condominiums, even though you said earlier there aren't that many. I, I focused on that because my goal was to go into Manhattan. And, and within a year after great success, I went into Manhattan and I started selling real estate like, like every other real estate broker. Um, after a number of years, I then shift, started moving more into new developments with the companies I worked with. And then I also moved into uh, more technology, which fascinated me. And I've dabbled in the technology with real estate brokerages over the years. In the meantime, I started buying and selling my own real estate, and um, I have a tremendous love of buying, building, renovating, tearing down, 
Um, I'm constantly, I don't think a month goes by where I'm not involved in one of the homes in some form of renovation or expansion. My sisters are also real estate brokers. Um, so they've got that bug and they've been doing it for many years as well. Plus they buy and sell real estate. And I have two sisters that own real estate in Italy. Um, they both have purchased properties, which were completely gutted, uh, and rebuilt them. And now I've got one sister who just returned this month to Italy to sell two of the properties. And she's going to, uh, shoot completely across the country into the North and look to buy real estate in the northern part of Italy. So um, it doesn't stop, Dottie. <laughs> and we, we, we will travel together sometimes for the fun of it around the holidays into Europe, and we go see real estate. Um, we, look at, we look at real estate stores, and we go look at properties, and there's an open house. We go, and we look, and um, it's also fun to see and understand how people live differently than, than we do here in New York. Um, but, True. yeah, it's, a, it's, an addic- it's an addiction. But it's also been very lucrative for you. And, of course, you know, there's no uh, thing that you do in life that you never make a mistake. And I think that I would love to dedicate a show that you come on and talk about how to invest in real estate. But in the little time that we have left, Could you give us a few things that people who are thinking of investing in real estate, whether it be New York City or any place, some of the first things that they should consider before they begin? You've got to learn the market and find a location that that you like, um, that you appreciate. And once you find that area, that neighborhood, then you want to look for a property that's – on the on the the low side in terms of value, and has the most up upside to it that you can improve it and then bring the value up, whereby you're not pricing yourself out of the neighborhood. So that might be if it's a house, it might be a smaller house that hasn't been renovated, um, and it has the ability to be renovated and expanded. So then you're bringing it up to a price point, which then meets the other price points in the neighborhood. You have to. Always look at the upside. You can't you can't overspend. You can't outprice yourself in a neighborhood with your total your total uh, investment. Right. So you want to look at what it's going to cost you to get that property. Yes. Up to par. And of course, if you don't have uh, friends that are helpful, that you know you know the labor costs a lot of money. Uh, but you also want to stay focused in one area. Like I've seen people say oh, I want to buy this house that I love at this, but at this, this is a low price, but I don't want it in this area. I want it in a different area, which is much higher price. You have to really, as you said, hone in on an area, get to know it well. I mean, get a great broker, but also go to open houses yourself um, to see what's out there and to see, you know, about what the property ranges are. And then see what's going on in the area. See if it looks up and coming. Uh, if it's not, and also have everything, all your paperwork and everything done prior to that. Uh, yeah, and, what, and if, it's a, if it's a property that needs to be renovated, you've got to bring a contractor in and get an estimate for the cost. You can't just guess because there's a lot of things that can go on behind the walls that 
that you're not unfamiliar with. You know, I, I would say if it's a first-time project, I wouldn't do more than maybe redecorating, upgrading, changing a bathroom or the kitchens, uh, you know, upgrading the kitchen. Um, once you have experience, then you can start, you know, having wall taken down, pushing, pushing out, expanding, going upwards, making double height ceilings, you know, then you can, you can start experimenting more. Um, but, but, you know, it you have to have a passion for it and you have to have, uh, uh, the nerves for this too. <laughs> yeah, you could say that, but also I, 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 I think it's really important that when you're looking at this property and you, you calculate the expenses that you know what the building will let you do because I've seen people try to go into a building and they say, oh, I'm going to put the bathroom and move it here. And the pipes don't run that way, so you can't do it. So I think it's important when you're in a building, not in a one-family home, to make check and see where everything is because you just can't randomly move walls and do whatever you want. No. You know what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. saying that properly. But the buildings have, you know, where the pipes run, you know, certain things and, you know, ceilings, whether you can, you know, make them higher or not. And certain walls you are bearing walls and you can't take them down. So you want to find out all that information. And that's why I think uh, your advice on bringing a seasoned contractor, and then working with the property managers on what can be done in that building in that in that space because a lot of people come in and think they can do anything they want. Like with a house, if you move your bathroom someplace else, no one's going to say anything. Um, but you really have to, you can't just do that in the park. I have two no. minutes left, three minutes left. Give us a quick rundown of where you think the city is at this moment in time. Dottie, I think the city is at a fantastic place. Um, you know, putting aside what you read in the news, if you walk the streets of Manhattan, especially in the Midtown area and Uptown, you see a reinvestment in Manhattan. The most beautiful stores have opened up. I don't think there's any stores left that you can possibly lease. High-end retail outlets are purchasing the real estate that, that the, they house their stores in. There are AAA um, luxury commercial buildings being constructed. So there is uh, an influx of tremendous number of tourists in Manhattan and a lot of people moving into Manhattan and buying. And you, you don't see that in the news, but if you walk the streets of Manhattan, you will see this reinvestment in Manhattan, which is very exciting. It is exciting. As I said, New York City should get a better PR company. But I guess papers always like to publish bad news. But the truth is, you know, it's up and coming. It's revitalizing itself. It won't be the Manhattan you knew. It'll be a new and improved and different Manhattan. And you see so many young people really. So, I, Alfred, the next time you come on, I'd really like to spend, you know, a good 45 minutes on step-by-step -step for people who want to start investing in real estate as, a, as an investment, not as a home to live in, because you're a pro on that, and there's so many people, and I actually think that if you do that properly and you're willing to hold it, I, don't, I think you can make more money than, I mean, I think it's much, I think it's safer than the stock market.
The preceding hour of programming paid for. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.